Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into What Makes Me Mad, a podcast where I discuss the things that make me mad. What is going on, everybody? God, I should have checked what episode this was. Damn it. Uh, just give me one second. Just talk talk amongst yourself while I uh Look here, come on, come on, come on. I want to say it's episode... Yep, episode 79 of the podcast. Good vibes today as I record a little bit late at night here. Different time I recorded it, Monday night. That's right. I just really didn't have the time to do it this weekend. Kind of took a little bit of the time off, relaxed. Didn't didn't want to force a podcast episode didn't want to be like, well, I got to record, but then be like, ah, I'd be forcing it at this point. So I come on when I feel a little bit better. So come on, well rested, well rejuvenated, ready to come on and discuss some of the stuff that makes me mad. But a good vibes podcast today, not just because I listen to uh, Magic in the Air, uh, a great song that makes me think about soccer and the World Cup and all that fun jazz. But also, too, because the last podcast that I did, uh, State Soccer Sadness, a solid episode that you should go listen to, a uh, little bit of an uptick in viewership. Unfortunately, uh, previous episode before that, I brought on the Demo God, a.k.a. Peyton Went Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to be able to call him the Demo God anymore because he only got three episode views on that episode. So I don't know what the hell happened there, but his views didn't come in. I was like, no big deal. You know, views are kind of like the uh, the rain. Sometimes you just got to wait for the rain to come in and be patient. And then when the rain comes, it's nice and you try to soak it up as much as you can. So anyway, uh, go from three views from that episode to the next episode. I got seven. Yes, seven. The same number of goals Whitefish Bay scored on us in the state champion or state semifinal game, I should say. Uh, yes, seven. So... Definitely go check out that episode if you haven't done it yet. It's just a lot of uh, sadness my senior year of high school. You know, God, I always, I'm like, oh, man, I love senior year of high school. It's such a fun time. But th- there are some moments where the boat got rocked, basically. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we made it through it. So if you are a senior, enjoy your last little bit of time. It's always a fun year when you get around to May because everyone knows this semester's winding down whether in your you're in college or high school the days are getting longer it's still a tad bit bright out basically dark at this point but the days are getting longer it's getting warmer out it's getting nicer out spring sports are back with us again and it feels like we are getting our way out of this pandemic yes i don't know how many times i had to elbow drop covid but i feel like it's finally starting to pay off so just, uh, it, it feels nice. I've been telling my buddies, I'm like, you know, man, it's like with the new job and, you know, getting out of COVID, it feels like, you know, a door is opening and, you know, it's a brand new, uh, brand new world out there, I feel like. So just hopefully we can keep getting out of this. And when you get the vaccine, please, please, please get it. Uh, that would help us out a lot. Uh, but yeah, just, it's, it's exciting that's like you don't know what things are starting to like kind of positive vibes positive news is starting to roll back around and it's nice coming on what makes me mad and be like not have to uh i don't want to say fake it but it's like when there's a lot like more pressing issues going on 
it's like sometimes like where it's like do i re- like okay what am i going to be more mad about like a deadly pandemic working its way through the world or you know getting cut off in traffic what do you think is going to make me more mad so it's it's nice that it's like hopefully we're getting near the end of this a little bit but so just just been chilling today got home and enjoyed the nice night little little bit humid i don't want to say you know oh it's hot because it's gonna get like 96 i'm sure at one point in june july august so it's like you know i'm just gonna enjoy this it's been kind of a cold spring so far you know i always like my hoodie weather that i can wear uh so i'm sure there'll be plenty more opportunities for that coming up but i'm just uh just been a good good uh weekend got to watch the last uh, episode of the year for Saturday Night Live, and that's going to be one of the first topics I am going to be discussing today. A couple weeks ago, Elon Musk hosted Saturday Night Live, and so when Elon Musk is someone of that stature of Elon Musk and that following, it's going to bring a lot uh, different views, and, uh, different viewership to watch Saturday Night Live that normally wouldn't watch Saturday Night Live. Uh, which means a lot more people are going to give their opinions on Saturday Night Live. And so I didn't really watch the episode. It just didn't seem like it was that good of an episode. Uh, And just from what I was looking on on Twitter, it just seemed like it really, a Saturday Night Live episode that didn't seem to have. But again, I was looking at a lot of people that were like, oh, SNL is trash. Why did I even watch this? It's like, okay. I would like to point out something. One of the things that makes me mad is when people say Saturday Night Live is trash or Saturday Night Live hasn't been funny in however so many years. It's like, well, one, first, you say you don't watch it, but then you say, oh, it hasn't been funny in years. It's like, well, how do you know you haven't watched it in years? And I'm sure there's probably been a Saturday Night Live skit that you've probably stumbled upon on YouTube and been like, oh, I'll watch that. That's happened in the last 20 years. And it's like, guess what? You watched it, so, you know... Everyone's like, oh, I don't, I don't like Saturday Night Live. And, like, guess what? You don't have to like Saturday Night Live. But I always hate when people are like, oh, how does this show keep getting renewed? It's like, because it's been a feature on television for so many years and it's been able to draw ratings. That's why people are like, oh, cancel it. This show sucks. like, ah, there have been years where it's been up and down. I would say this is probably, like, where SNL has been one of the funniest that it's been in a while. Uh, they've had a great ensemble of cast members and uh to do it in a pandemic this year as well too because you got to remember they're doing this show in the middle of a pandemic and they even addressed that on their last episode so elon musk did not host this episode it was someone else i forget her name uh but she did a great job that episode was funny as hell top to bottom i laughed my ass off through it um but People that are like, oh, this show's not fine. It's like, you know, you're going to have some duds for a Saturday Night Live episode. Because I feel like it's really hard. Especially for me, someone that tries to do a comedy show once a week. It's really hard sometimes to come up with new material. You know how hard that is too, as well? To do that in the middle of a pandemic. When, like, you can't even work really with, like, the actors. And, like, everyone's, like, kind of, like like kind of in like their own bubble almost it's like there's been like mistakes this year there's been like cameras being put on people who aren't talking and there's been lines getting messed up and it's like you gotta remember man they're trying to do this in a pandemic all right and it was nice because at like end of the year they you know talked about it and it seemed like you know how the show started like six months ago basically uh in october and now it's may and they've talked about all the stuff they went through and 
you know, all that. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just happy you guys put on a show. Because there's been moments where I've laughed at Saturday Night Live this year. And, you know, it it's an escape. But I just always hate when people are like, oh, the show's not funny. It's like, well, maybe you caught it at a bad time. Maybe that's just not your taste. There's some stuff that I don't like. But guess what? I understand that people like and, you know, that's what drives the business model. People like stuff, they're going to put it on the air. Like, trust me, Saturday Night Live would not be put on the air if people didn't watch it. Like, if that show only averaged, like, 500,000 views a night or something like that, like, it would be taken off the Saturday Night Live prime slot. Like, they would give it to someone else. But, no, it's Saturday Night Live stays on the air because people watch it. They're like, oh, how do people watch it? It's like, well, maybe sometimes people have different tastes than you. And, yes, I get it. Saturday Night Live leans more, uh, it's obviously, like, more liberal. But it's, like, that's kind of, like, their whole target audience. I remember listening to Colin Coward a couple years ago. Uh, when he was talking about late-night shows, it's like, you know, a late-night show demographic is going to be kind of more for, like, the younger crowd, the more diverse crowd. They're not going to really be trying to aim for uh, the old retired couple watching in Nebraska because that's, like, not one, not their demographic, but two, they're not really going like, to be up at that point watching it. And so it's like you try to get the younger crowd that's going to stay up and watch it, right? That's just been their whole staple for years. And guess what? It's worked because it's been around for so long. So guess what? Also, too, comedy changes throughout the years. And also, too, with, like, again, just a pandemic and just how people are like, oh, it's not funny. It's like, okay, just because you turn it on and the episode isn't to your likening, it's like, you know, you can say it's not funny, but, like, to say that it's not a successful show and that it should be taken off the air, it's like, nah, you're not listening. And, like, even people were like, um, to say that the whole, ca- like, oh, this cast isn't funny, fire the writer, something like that. It's like, okay, you know how, like, great that cast is doing like how many actors on that show have like their own like either uh streaming show or have done like ads and like they've been very successful outside of saturday night live and like i remember someone was like oh this cast isn't funny and someone responded with like have you not seen pete davidson's episode chat on mars or something like that and he's like oh i don't know who that is it's like you know if you just did the research for like two seconds you'd be able to figure it out and then you could make your own judgment but i feel like a lot of people just went in being like oh this episode is not gonna be funny or i don't want it to be funny and then i want to rag on it and it's like you know but if you literally just sat back and laughed, like, it, you know, it's not supposed to be critique, man. It's literally a comedy show. If it makes you laugh a couple times, then I feel like it did its job. It doesn't need to, like, be wall-to-wall banger the entire night, all right? Because it's like, I'd think about, like, my comedy show. There's going to be moments where I'm just, where I have to kind of pick my spots. Yeah, I would love it if this whole 30-minute podcast was just me ranting and raving and every joke that i'm throwing is flying and hitting good and everyone's laughing their ass off it's like that's not really the case especially if i'm doing like this alone and so like not every skit is gonna be funny and not every skit is gonna have its moments of just where you're laughing your ass off and just there are gonna be some duds and there are gonna be some positive ones so i'm glad saturday night live ended on a high note looks like a lot of cast members are gonna be leaving i hope they're successful and ever they're, uh, wherever they go in their endeavors. But I know a lot of people are like, well, how are they going to replace all all the women that are leaving? It's like, well, guess what? At some point, the people that are leaving now were rookies. And, like, they had to fill the shoes of some very important people as well, too. And I look at, like, all the people underneath. They have some funny people, too, that are just kind of in the feature role. So, uh, or, like, in the feature role so I, I can't wait to see like you know some of them get bumped up to starring and get more airtime because they have a lot of successful funny people and that's kind of like how the way it works you know 
SNL has been a launching point for a lot of people. Sometimes, you know, people haven't been used very well on there, like Adam Sandler, and they go off and uh, they do their own thing. But, like, that could be a launching career for, like, Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon, you know, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. But it's like all of them started off as rookies at one point, got their success, and then they left. And then guess who filled the shoes? All, like, the rookies, like... Like, people work their way up the ranks. That's how it works. Like, think about baseball. Like, people retire, and people go on to fill their shoes. Or, like, they find other people to do it. That's what happens. The be- the best cream rises to the top. And that's what's going to happen with Saturday Night Live. I'm sure there'll be some bumps in the road. I remember a couple of years ago when all the, uh, like, A.D. Bryan and Kate McKinnon and Cecily Strong were, like, all rookies. And those seasons were kind of tough. But, like, guess what? You saw, like, the glimmer of hope where it's like, oh, these girls are going to be, like, really special. Like, I can just tell once they find their footing and get a little more confident, like, they're going to be amazing. And I just look at some of the people that they have now where I'm like, you know what? They've got some talent. And so just everyone that's, like, panicking, like, oh, my God, they're going to lose so many people. It's like, that's just going to allow more people to get more airtime. The more airtime people get, the better it's going to be. Because then you can allow more characters to grow. Uh, you can have different skits, try new ideas, and especially too. Again, hopefully next, hopefully by next fall, they're not doing it in a pandemic. Like it's going to be a lot tougher if they have to like try working all these new cast members uh, in the middle of a pandemic. But it's like, you know, people have left, people fill the roles. Those people will get stronger, and then they'll leave, and then the people that are like the rookies will take over. That's just how it goes. So I'm sure there'll be some bumps in the road. People will say, oh, this everyone needs to get fired, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it'll be fine. Saturday Night Live has been around for a really long time. Like, if they were able to survive pre-Eddie Murphy, like, they, they'll be fine. Like, you know how bad Saturday Night Live was before Eddie Murphy? And, like, there's just been years where, like, Saturday Night Live has been down. You know, not maybe not a lot going on, or just maybe the cast isn't that good. But guess what? They survive because it's a staple of a show. Like, it'll be fine. So I just kind of, like, hate it when people are like, oh, it's not funny. It's like, okay, well, maybe you try. You know, comedy isn't as easy as people think. Man, when I thought I started this What Makes Me Mad podcast, I'd be like, Psh, this is going to be a breeze. And guess what? It was not a breeze. First episode, I was like, oh, my God. That's why I never put... Uh, put out the first episode. Part of it was because of uh, technical difficulties, but also too, I was like, first episode, I was like, man, I did not have it that episode, or I realized that like I can't really talk, or I have to learn how to talk for a long period of time, discuss topics for a long period of time, and guess what? As I've gotten more work on each episode, I feel like I've gotten better, so... You know, it's like, it's just a thing for a lot of people. The only way that you're going to get better at is by keep doing what you're doing. So that's how people keep doing what you're doing, all right? Uh, but one thing I would not like for uh, things to continue doing what they're doing is MLB and their unwritten rules. Uh, so this happened, I think, last Monday. So this is what happens. Sometimes, so you know, I'll record uh, an episode, but then like a week passes and like something big that I feel like would be good to talk about on a Monday uh, or it happens on a Tuesday, but then I'm like, well, I just produced an episode, so I'm going to wait a couple days, and so then, like, kind of simmers down, but looking back at it, though, I'm still pretty mad at this, so, uh, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday, I don't know, uh, White Sox twins, right, White Sox kicking the shit out of the twins, twins decide they're going to have a position player pitch, uh, because it's so much of a blow. They didn't want to waste a bullpen arm. But guess what? The, the game's still going on. And when you do something like have a position player pitch, that's strategy because you're trying to save a bullpen arm or two. 
So that way you don't have to jot them out and then maybe that you can't use them the next day. So when you're getting shellacked like that and you're using a lot of pitchers, sometimes people are just like, ah, we'll just use, have a position player pitch so that way we don't have to use the bullpen. So the Twins have a guy up there tossed only about 50 miles an hour, right? 3-0 count to your, uh, your main Mercedes, I believe is how his name's pronounced. If, it's, if I pronounce it wrong, I apologize. Not a Sox fan, but cool success story that Mercedes has had so far. Anyway, 3-0, I guess... The White Sox told Mercedes to have a take on a 3-0, but he didn't read the sign or something like that. Anyway, Mercedes absolutely hits a ball deep, hits a home run, right? And Tony La Russa, the head coach of the uh, White Sox, uh, old, older gentleman, I will say, uh, has been around for a hot minute, kind of a keeper of the game, I would like to say. And he's bitching about it. It's like, dude, your player just hit a home run to help your team. Game's still going on, champ. Like, I've seen comebacks happen a lot, like, worse than that. Game could clearly still be going. Like, baseball, each team gets a chance with 27 outs. And you could have the opportunity to come back if you haven't accumulated those 27 outs yet. That's the beauty of baseball. There's no clock. It's just you have three outs. And if you don't get out you get to keep swinging basically so there's a chance that you could clearly come back right so white Sox guy hits a home run tony lurus a bitching about it. oh he missed a sign blah 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 anyway then the twins start bitching about oh you hit a home run off us in a blowout game you shouldn't have done that and so a while back i put out an episode about uh fernando tatis jr hitting a grand slam off the twin or off the rangers on a 3-0 count uh, in like uh, middle of a blow, and they're like, "Oh, that's technically not how it goes," and blah blah blah. And so I did some bitching about that. And so like the twins were like, "Oh, you shouldn't have swung on a three It's like the game's still going on. Who cares if you don't want him to hit a home run? Strike him out. Maybe you don't put in a position player then. Maybe you actually put in an actual pitcher who can get the guy out. But so how do the twins decide to respond instead of being like, "All right, you want to know what? Let's just beat them next game." Which granted they did. But you want to know what they did because baseball has this idea where a lot of things happen where you just throw at a guy or throw behind a guy to show like they've done wrong, right? And so that's what they did. They threw behind uh, Mercedes, right? Uh, they threw a pitch behind him. I think the pitcher got tossed and even got suspended three games, which he should. But it's just such a dumb thing. It's like, really, you're going to get mad at a guy hitting a home run while the game's still going on? And, like, Mercedes didn't showboat or anything like that. He literally just hit the home run and trotted around the bases. It's like, what do you want from him? It's like making an open layup, basically, in the middle of a basketball game. Like, oh, what, I'm just supposed to run to the corner and wait for the shot clock to expire? It's like, no, you're going to... Ch- most likely take the bucket and so anyway they asked tony larusa the next game after oh hey do you have a problem with the twins throwing at one of your guys and potentially trying to injure him larusa goes no i didn't have a problem with it it's like dude that's one of your players they could have hurt him what if that pitch is more inside and they hit him in mercedes like breaks an elbow or something like that or hits him on the hand breaks his hand he's out for a month boom white Sox are uh, another injury away when they're trying to compete for a title right now and so you think la russa would have the back of his guy you could easily been like you all know what i wish you wouldn't have swung on that 3-0 pitch but don't throw at one of my guys all right like at the bare minimum have your back every employer should have their back of their employees but, like, for Lewis to be like, oh, I didn't have a problem with it. It's like, okay, so you're just openly telling 
managers at this point. Yeah, you can throw at uh, my guys if you think they broke an unwritten rule. And that's another thing that I think is so dumb. Baseball, like, establish the rules. I hate this whole, it's an unwritten rule. It's like, well, then how is it a rule if it's not unwritten? Could you imagine getting pulled over by a cop being like, uh, officer, what did I do wrong? It's like, oh, you broke the unwritten rule of driving where you're supposed to let a guy in if you, uh, he needs to be let in or something like that. You'd be like, that's not a rule, but you'd be like, ah, it's a, it's a rule. It's like, it's, if it's not written down in the rule book, it's not a rule. And I get there's like some stuff that like, sure, you don't do and that's fine. And that's kind of in the sportsmanship aspect, but it's like, how is hitting a home run bad sportsmanship? Like, you know, just there's certain stuff like sure I could understand like why you wouldn't want to see that but it's like I literally have no problem with like the guy hitting a home run like what else is he supposed to do just and it's just so weird because it's like sometimes too if you don't try that's perceived as worse as like trying so like I remember a couple years ago um I think it was SMU uh Southern Methodist University Cup college football team uh broke a bunch of rules nca uh and basically they got the death penalty which is like the most severe punishment uh you could get handed out and so they lost a bunch of scholarships team basically went away for two years and so like they had to rebuild their program up from scratch right so the first couple years they were absolutely ass and so they had to play notre dame one game right notre dame this big powerhouse juggernaut uh, putting up a bunch of touchdowns on him, right? And uh, there's one play, and I believe it was Notre Dame. I could be getting this wrong, but I'm 95% sure it's Notre Dame. So, like what I do when I'm 95% sure, I just run with it. Um, so, anyway, speaking of running with it, Notre Dame guy turns the corner. He's got open field, most likely going to score, right? But instead, like, there's a couple minutes left in the game. He decides, instead of running up the score, he's just going to go out of bounds. So, he doesn't score, and he just decides to go out of bounds. And uh, they're talking with one of the guys in the documentary, and he was like, oh, man, I, that just that point, just score. So, like, the guy tries doing something where it's like, okay, I don't want to run up the score, but then that's perceived as this could be perceived as disrespectful. Like, the guy in the interview wasn't, like, mad about it, but he's like, man, it just almost would have been better if you scored. So it's, like, almost like a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment where the guy scores, and it's like, oh, you're running up the score. And then it's like, if the guy doesn't try to score, it's like, oh, you're not trying. And it's like, okay, let's pick a lane, you guys. Like, hear me out. If the game's going on, yeah, there's some stuff that you can do and not do to help limit the scoring. But it's like, you know, it's, scoring can still happen, all right? Like, if you have your bench in and just a guy happens to score a goal or make a basket or something like that, that's just part of the game. I remember back playing soccer sometimes you'd have you'd play some really bad teams so what we do put like the bench in or something like that i remember jv one year we had it where um we got up so good like granted the mercy rule exists but it's like we we're up like seven or eight to nothing right at that point you're clearly gonna win and it's not really fun for the other team to like keep getting like bombarded right and so our head coach was like what i want to see you guys do Work on your possession more, and if a goal is going to be scored, then it's got to be a cross or like a ball in the air, and you got to play it in the air, right? So it's basically like making it a challenge, making it more of a practice scrimmage for us, where it's like, okay, let's work on our crossing, let's work on our headers, let's work on finishing, instead of just being like, all right, let's score as many goals as possible down these kids' throat, right? That's how it's like, you know, supposed to be. I remember a couple years ago in middle school where uh, the JV coach, like, they were shutting out Edgerton, like, I forget who it was, but it was like 35 nothing or something like that. 
Um, and so the coach was like, all right, that's what we got to do. Ball's got to be passed at least eight times before someone can shoot. So, like, run the whole offense, run it through, burn some clock, and then when you get the chance, shoot. Like, after, like, going through it so many times. Instead of just running down quick and jacking up a three. And I'm like, that's that's fine. Where It's like, clearly, you know, you're not trying to rub it in, but, like, you're also trying to be like, let's be productive about it. I think that's what I would like to see. Let's be productive with our sportsmanship. Let's be productive with, like, the blowouts. But especially with, like, these guys, though, with, like, Major League Baseball, these guys are getting paid millions of dollars. It's a professional game. Lives or like, jobs are literally at stake with it, right? And so it's like this whole, oh, he hit a home run when he wasn't supposed to. It's such a dumb argument. That's why I hate the sport sometimes because it's like, you know, well, viewership's actually up this year, which is weird. But it's like, you know, you can attract more fans and they always talk about, oh, letting the young kids play. Young people like watching bat flips. Young people like hitting, watching them hit home runs, be flamboyant, you know, make all these catches, right? But then it's like we have the old heads still in the game. They're like, no, you can't do that. It's like, well, you know, it's not that bad, really, because it's going to help bring in more viewership to the sport. So is it really that bad where the game's dying? It's like, come on. So that just makes me mad. Another thing that made me mad, speaking of sports, uh, a couple days ago, I was watching the NBA playoff game uh, between the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Also, first off, shout out shout out to Ja Morant. Uh, guy's an absolute superstar. Love watching him play. Uh, but anyway, uh, Warriors facing uh, the Grizzlies, right? And so the Warriors, very successful NBA franchise. They've won many championships uh, in the t- uh, 2010 decades, right? They've been very successful uh, with uh, Curry, uh, or Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and then even Kevin Durant for a little bit. Andre Iguodala, Harrison Barnes for a little bit. Very successful franchise, right? Shout out Sean Livingston, too. Dude, a, dude overcome a horrendous leg injury, so I'll give him a shout out on the podcast. But anyway, uh, they've won a couple championships. I believe it would be three they have won, at least. Uh, but anyway, very blessed that many, many uh, champ or many championships, much success. Uh, they they've enjoyed it, right? You get the hint, right? So anyway, tough year for the uh, Warriors. They battled some injuries. Uh, one of their superstars was out for the entire year again, unfortunately. Uh, but they battled and scratched and clawed. Had some more people get injured. Uh, they fought their way to a ninth seed. What the NBA decided to do this year, kind of make a play in tournament a little bit. A decent idea. The games were good this year. I think they'll probably just have to tweak it a little bit. But anyway, they, uh, the Warriors and Grizzlies were playing each other uh, in a game where it's like whoever wins gets to advance to the actual playoffs and play uh, best of seven series against the one seed, right? And so it helps increase the competition, right? And so the Warriors, a uh, back-and-forth game, the Warriors scratching clock, get their way to overtime. Anyway, in overtime, it looks like Grizzlies are going to win. They're up by a couple points. I believe five. Uh, and the Warriors either turned it over. I don't know. Something happened, right? But all of a sudden, it shows the fans, and there's like five seconds left in the game. So most likely, like, yeah, Grizzlies 99% chance they're going to win, right? But what do the Warriors fans decide to do? Well, time to beat traffic, and a lot of them start heading towards the exit. And it's like, how stupid can you be? One, I really hate, I hate leaving early in a preseason game. I hate leaving early in a regular season game. 
a playoff game, a close playoff game, and you people are leaving early? Are you kidding me? It's like, no, stay. One, because your team's been very successful. Show them some love instead of being like, ah, well, we're not going to win. I'm going to leave. It's like, no, support your team. I remember one of the coolest things I thought was uh, the Celtics fans uh, when they're facing the Heat back when, like, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh was on that team. Absolute juggernaut, right? Celtics were up 3-2 in the series. They had a chance to clinch at home for Game 6, but instead they are getting absolutely blown out. And Celtics fans, I mean, I'm sure some of them left, but a lot of them stayed behind and were chanting and, like, cheering till the very end. And they had mentioned on the broadcast, hey, that could provide some momentum for them having to head back down to Miami uh, for the last game and like them like Chan be like we still got your back that helps uplift the team right but like the Warriors fans they're like well we're gonna head to the access it's like do you not have you not watched the team in front of you they're literally the Warriors they are like the most successful team at like making a shot or like going on a points runs I have ever seen they've got Curry who's one of the most lethal shooters I have ever seen and like Jordan Poole was playing really good that game. Jordan Poole could get a bucket. Andrew Wiggins has a bunch of potential that he could get a bucket. Draymond Green, great rebounder, can get you a rebound if you need it. And it's like, I know things look bleak, but why would you leave early in a playoff game? Especially like if I spent money on a ticket, a playoff money ticket, that's going to be expensive. I am staying for that full game. And like until the clock hits zero and it's done, I'm getting my money's worth. I'm not leaving a couple minutes early just so I could beat traffic. It's traffic. You're going to get home at some point anyway, too. So I don't understand why leaving a couple minutes early is going to save the trip. But it's like, what if the Warriors would have came back? Because literally, you want to know what happened? The Warriors had the ball with five seconds left. They pass it into Curry. Curry puts up a shot. Gets it to go. Three, or maybe it was Jordan Poole. I want to say it was Jordan Poole. Anyway, Get um, get the shot in, and so then it's a two point game with like four seconds left. Anyway, they end up fouling uh, the guy, Grizzlies guy. He makes uh, the two free throws, something like that. Anyway, long story short, Grizzlies won. But it's like, did you literally just not see what happened? The guy made the shot to where all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, they still got a chance. But a decent amount of them are already heading to the exit. And it's like, did you guys not learn anything from all those Heat fans a couple years ago? that all became Miami Heat fans because LeBron was down there and they became instant bandwagoners. And so it's like they had looked like game six they were about to lose, so they all start filing to the exit. You want to know what happened? All of a sudden the Heat make a couple of shots and Ray Allen hits his clutch three. Ray Allen, one of the most lethal shooters in NBA history, hits his shot, tie game. And then all of a sudden these idiots have all left and then they're all trying to like run back in. It's like, no. And, like, I don't think they let them back in either, but it's like, you stupid idiots, you should have just stayed in the first place. You never give up on a team until the clock hits zero. I don't know how many times we've seen it before, but literally teams can come back in any game, especially the postseason when they get a little bit of a run in them. And I get, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, there's only a couple seconds left and they're down by so much. But it's like, you know, they, they still technically got a chance. And so it's just, like, so dumb. It's like, okay, you clearly saw that a couple years ago, but what do they decide to do? Well, I'm just going to head to the exit right now. It's like, no, why? Stay. I remember a couple, or back in the 90s, Buffalo Bills pull off one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history, right? People left at halftime. And then people had to literally climb back into the stadium to get back in. And it's like, 
that's why you stay for the full game because in case something like that happens where they start coming back and you could still be in the stadium cheering instead of being like, well, I'm just going to leave because you're not a true fan if you don't stick it out till the end. That's literally the definition of being a bandwagon, leaving when it's bad. It's like, no, you got to stick it out through the thick and thin. And so, like, to all the Bills fans that still were there in the cold, like, props to you guys. But it's like all the people that it's like, ah, I'm just going to go home. And then they'll listen to it on the radio, and then they start making the comeback, and they're like, oh, shit, we got to turn around. It's like, well, you could have just stayed in the, in the stadium to begin with, but instead you're like, oh, no, they're going to lose. It's like, why would you leave in a playoff game? I don't get that. Comebacks literally happen, and you're there to make noise and support your team. Do your job. Support the team, right? I just don't get it. Another thing I don't get, too, is people, I mean, granted, maybe this is uh, not as bad in the playoffs because, like, everyone gets, like, a T-shirt or something to wear. But I always hate it when people, like, courtside wear, like, really fancy clothing. It's like, just rep your team's gear or something like that. Why do you have to wear this fancy three-piece suit? It's like, oh, cool, you have money because you're sitting courtside. Well, guess what? You look like a douche with the three-piece suit on, all right? I'd rather... Watch the game with the buddy up in uh, uh, the nosebleeds that's got his favorite throwback jersey on or something like that. It's like, I'd rather watch it with that guy. I don't understand that. And people with all the money, oh, I'll go spend the money on a playoff ticket because I do. But I'm not going to wear any uh, jersey swag or anything like that. It's like, you, sir, take the fun out of the idea. Because I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of people that would wish they could be in your spot right now. And what are you doing? You're literally wearing... Uh, business casual clothing to a sporting event. It's like you, sir, or ma'am. I've seen it. Both genders have done it. It's like you are not fun. I mean, you could be, but it's like why wear the why wear the uh, clothing to begin with? Like literally, they give you a t-shirt to wear, or just how hard is it to go to the pro shop buy buy a jersey or something like that and just wear it. instead of being like oh look how nice i look for this courtside game i'm cool because i get to have uh actual people uh, like waiters come down and take my orders so i don't have to leave my seat it's like screw you you pompous fan how about you just go up and get the, your concessions like a normal person would and so that that's what i would do if i, I would change uh if I was commissioner of the NBA, I would force people to wear uh, gear to the game. It's like, or it's like, even if you're just a neutral fan, just wear like a hoodie or something like that, or a t-shirt. I don't understand why you gotta look so successful. It's like, oh, what? You're gonna give me a TED talk or something on how you're able to buy those expensive seats? It's like, help yours. But yeah, that would be one of the things that I would do. Also, I, I forget what. Yeah, I think that would do that. That that would make the NBA better, but I just, I'd see that, and I'm like, really, you, you, you gotta look like that, but whatever, I guess if they have a three-piece suit, they got more money than I do, uh, and also, too, they dress a lot better than I do, because, you know, I make a bunch of egregious fashion choices, but that's just me, though, anyway, I think that's gonna do it, though, for this week's edition of What Makes Me Mad, thank you guys for listening, stay safe out there, hopefully, uh, your life is starting to get uh, the happiness back in it. But if you already have happiness in your life, that's great too. And if you're still sad, hey, hopefully we can turn that around uh, pretty soon. It's always darkest before the dawn. Just remember that the world's a lot better place with you uh, on it than uh, it is w- with you not in it. So please uh, 
be well, everybody. And if you're not well, please speak up about it uh, and get the proper help you need. And I hope everyone's doing well, and I will see you next time then. Thank you.